someone and then be seated, please. Oh, it's great to see such a crowd. Won't you come on in, find your place, be seated. Thank you so much. Everybody now, I hope you'll have in hand that paper. When we come to the chorus of the next song, you're going to join us, not on the verses, but on the choruses of the next several songs. And then we'll direct you as we go. Right now, let's turn our attention to Brother Gabe Rivera, who is reading to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Amen. See? 
In Luke chapter 23 it says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified Him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah wrote by inspiration in chapter 53, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, as the choir sings now, the healer, join on the chorus, if you would.
Yes, Jesus Christ died for you and he died for me, but he didn't die in vain. 1 John 1.7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Can you say all sin? All sin. That's right, all sin. Jesus was crucified. He voluntarily gave up his life. Matthew 27 says, When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Now the enemies came to Pilate then, and they were very worried. They said, Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. And then chapter 28 says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door.
Hallelujah. Christ arose. He's alive forevermore. I know you believe that. And you know now is the time for us to openly profess and confess that Jesus Christ not only rose, but He rose for our sin. He rose for our justification. He rose that we might be alive forevermore. And if you believe that, say, Jesus Christ is alive. Say it. Jesus Christ is alive. And He is my Savior. Say it. He is my Savior. And I'm not ashamed. And I'm not ashamed. Jesus Christ is God in a body. And He can take care of all of our problems. He can take care of you and me if you'll just say yes to Him and turn your heart and your life over to Him, because He lives, you and I can face tomorrow. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to stand up right now. Take that paper or that bulletin and that insert out, and let's sing together the first and last stanzas of number 149 in your hymnal. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Let's sing it from the heart. Let's mean it now. Amen.
Amen. Let's give a round of applause to our musicians, our singers, our technicians, our narrator today. Praise God. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. We're going to allow the choir to come and join you down there. And as we do this, we're going to sing our theme song. It's found in your hymnal. I believe it's number 27. There's just something about that name. Number 27, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Amen. Sing it with me now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the Sing now, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after. Think about this now, the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something. One more time, one more time. All right, now from the heart. Come on, I hear you sing it now. Sing, Jesus, like you mean it. Jesus, there's just something about that name. Master now, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after. applause for all those that participated and for you you did a great job thank you you may be seated thank you everyone take your place and uh, we're going to get right into the preaching 
of the Word of God. We're not going to extend this service a long time. But certainly Easter time, Resurrection Sunday, what a special, special day this is. And you make it special. At the end of our service today, I hope you'll remain for a baptism. And uh, we're rejoicing once again. By the baptism, you will see preached without any special or extra words the fact that Christ died, He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Jesus Christ is alive, and He wants to make a difference in your life and mine. Thank you, each one who's come. Some of you are here today because you were invited, and I hope that you'll come back again. We have... uh, uh, a great number of tracks that went out yesterday. We'll talk about that later. But I just want the folks online, all around the area, around the country, around the world, to know that we had a record number of tracks individually passed to other individuals yesterday. What was the number of tracks yesterday that we did? 1,200 and something. Amen. Fantastic. That many witnesses given out personally yesterday by our people. Praise God. Some are here today because of that. Others will be here uh, in the future because of that. We've set a new record, I think, also for our three-Saturday, 15-day emphasis called Fill America. So give yourselves a big hand. Amen. Got the Word of God out. Amen. That is wonderful. And it's, guess what? It's not done by angels or supernatural beings, but it's done by ordinary humans such as you and I. We get the Word out. The Holy Spirit enables us, empowers the Word of God through us to touch the hearts and lives of people. Some of you are saved today because somebody else told you about Jesus. Some of you are saved because someone handed you a tract or led you to Jesus out on visitation. About, uh, well, it was 2008, Max Licato, who's written a number of books, wrote another book, and he's written so many I can't keep up with all of them, but this one's called Cast of Characters, and he goes on to prove that God works in spite of us. This is what I want you to get today. God works in spite of us. When you think of the power of the resurrection, there's enough power there to work through us in spite of us. If anybody will come to God through Christ, He'll make you a brand new creature. Old things will be passed away and all things will become new. There are people today who are holding off receiving Jesus Christ because they have the wrong idea. Somebody has lied to them and told them that they've got to live up to a certain standard. Jesus Christ is the standard. He's already lived up to it. He's already decided that if He saves you, He'll come inside of you and that standard will be met at that point. So our life and how we live has nothing to do with our getting saved, staying saved, keeping saved, has nothing to do whatsoever with it. I don't mean to minimize it, but when folks uh, will make salvation seem more complex than it actually is, I've got a problem with that. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God said it, I didn't say it. It doesn't say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved if you keep this and do this and observe this and keep on keeping on and keep on doing. All those things are great. All those things are wonderful and we can only do that by the grace of God. But none of those things have anything to do with my getting saved, keeping saved, staying saved. Every bit of salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. So ordinary people are found in the Bible. The cast of characters he refers to are all those individuals that are listed in the human 
lineage of Jesus Christ. You read that at the beginning of Matthew, the beginning of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 3, and uh, you see all these individuals, and there are, it's amazing, it's shocking, I mean, it's scandalous that every single person in that list with the exception of Jesus Christ is a sinner. All the people, all those people, and when you go through the New Testament, all those people, sinners, when we think about what occurred this time of year, and I think it was approximately, you know, 29 A.D. I don't know the exact year, but Usher had Jesus Christ, you know, being born at a certain time, and now we've discovered that it was probably more like 4 B.C. by the way that we keep account of years. And so probably around 29 A.D. in the springtime, but could be off, Jesus Christ voluntarily walks to a place of crucifixion and submits voluntarily to the most cruel of all deaths, the death by crucifixion. There we have a crowd forming to watch Him hang upon the cross. As He speaks and as He interacts, the crowd is made up of the cruel. We have the Jewish legalists who condemned Him to death. We have the Romans who carried out the death sentence. We have those who mocked him and uh, spoke against him, hanging upon the cross. If you can imagine such a wicked thing, we have the cruel. We also have standing there observing his mother and women and John, and they are among the crowd, but they are crying. And then you have hiding out the rest of the apostles, and they would be the ones that are cowering. I don't know about the rest of the folks. Where were the blind that Jesus gave sight to? Where were the deaf that He gave hearing to? Uh, where, where were the, the mute that He gave speech to? Where were the cleansed lepers? Where were the folks that He had cast demons out of? Where were, where were the folks that He had raised from the dead? Perhaps it was a distance. I don't know, but they were not there. We've got the cruel. We've got the crying. We've got the cowards. That's what we've got. That's it. And tonight I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Look who God has to work with. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. He can reach down and transform the life. He can turn a coward into a, a flaming preacher on the day of Pentecost as he did. He can, he can turn those mourners into rejoicing believers. He can even convert those cruel, many of those such as Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, convert them so magnificently and so radically that you can't even tell that they once were that way. That's what my God can do. That's what this musical is about. It's about one sinless man dying for all the rest of us who are sinners. It's about one innocent person dying for all of us who are guilty. It's about that one God-man taking all the sins of mankind so that whosoever will may come. You can come to God through Christ today. Your family, your friends, your worst enemy, the person that you can't even stand to be around, God can transform them, and then they'll be your brother or sister in Christ. Then you'll have to get along. Amen. Among the crowd, there also were these three crosses. We say the crucified. On one side a criminal, on the other side a criminal. In the middle we have the Christ. A criminal, criminal, and the Christ in the middle. 
And at first, they both cursed him. They cursed him because they're hanging there and they're bleeding and they're suffering and they're dying and they're asphyxiating. They're dying of exhaustion, of the beating they received. And they have very little left to draw upon, humanly speaking. And they're cursing Jesus Christ. And they're saying, if you're the Christ, come down off the cross and save yourself and save us too. And then the Bible says something remarkable. We read in the Gospels that one of those thieves repented. Look at me. Repent. He turned. He couldn't physically turn around. He turned. Where did he turn? In his mind, in his heart, in his belief system, he turned. And he said, not with great intellect or theological background, for his request shows he didn't have any theological background. He said, remember me. Remember me. When you come into your kingdom, the kingdom literally is yet future. We have a spiritual kingdom, but the literal kingdom is still future. Jesus Christ is coming back. King Jesus is going to sit upon the throne of his ancestor David, but he hasn't done it yet. And so that thief who repented, who turned, said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus Christ did not correct him. Jesus Christ turned to him and said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. Amen. I heard a preacher talk about that, and I got so moved by it, I wrote a song. And the song is this. That thief stood at the door of, of, of paradise, the gate of paradise, and had they said, Why should we let you in? His answer would have been, Because... The man on the middle cross said I could go in. The man on the middle cross said I could come in. When Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, says come on in, he means it. And today he is as surely as when he hung upon the cross, he is inviting each and every one, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's inviting you. He's inviting me. Oh, the cast of characters. I tell you, when I read the Bible, everybody except Jesus is a, is a mess, just like we are. Everybody's a sinner except Jesus. Everybody's a sinner just like we are. Everybody in there has no hope apart from God through Jesus Christ, just like us, just like us. There's only one way. There are not many, many doors. There's one door. There are not many, many, many different little twists and turns. You know, all of the religious intricacies of our day. After all, there are so many thought processes and there are so many philosophies and there are so many religious systems. Let me give it to you very simply. Here it is. There's the Bible way and there's everything else. This is right and everything else is wrong. This over here will get you to heaven. This will get you to hell. Don't do anything and you'll go to hell. All right? This over here is the man on the middle cross said I could come in. That's it. Will you claim the Lord Jesus Christ as your own? Free gift today. Free gift. There it is. Absolutely free. Little lad was 
gazing intently at a picture in the art store window. The store was displaying a notable picture of the crucifixion. A, a man came up from behind, stopped and looked, and the boy, seeing that the man was also interested, said, that's Jesus. The man didn't reply. And the lad continued, them's around him, them's Roman soldiers. Still no reply. And then he said, they killed him. Finally, the man turned to the little boy, little ragamuffin of a street urchin, said, where did you learn that? He said, in the mission Sunday school, just down the street. The man started to walk away. He was thinking. He hadn't gone very far when he heard that little voice behind him saying, Say, mister, mister, I didn't finish it yet. I didn't finish it yet. I didn't tell you, but I want to tell you. He didn't stay there on that cross. He rose again. He's alive. Whether it's a street urchin telling it or a preacher proclaiming it or you telling your family or your children, you sharing it with your neighbor, your co-worker, the truth is still the same. He didn't stay on that cross. People often wonder why we don't have crucifixes as such with a figure on that cross. Notice the cross is empty. So is the tomb. Jesus isn't there anymore. He's alive and He's well and He's moving in and through the hearts and lives and families and, and uh, these uh, circumstances of life of people all across the globe. And He wants to be in your life today. He wants to help you. He wants to make you all that you ought to be. You can never and ever uh, attain what God wants you to be without Jesus Christ. Soldier had one of those one of those military New Testaments that they give out. How many of you have owned one of those? Yeah. Had it in his pocket. And he was wounded on the battlefield and he was rapidly bleeding to death. So he placed his finger on a passage of Scripture. When they finally came to him, he had already expired. But they removed his bloody finger from that page of the Bible. The one that we read this morning in Sunday school where Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I want to ask you the same thing that Jesus asked Martha when he said those words. Do you believe it? Then profess him publicly. Today would be the day to come down this aisle, shake my hand and say, I believe, I believe Jesus is in my heart. Settle it once and for all. Come down the aisle and say, I submit to baptism. I want to preach a silent message by showing the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe, I believe. Come down this aisle and say, I want to join this church, this wonderful rejoicing company, just like those disciples that left the tomb when it was empty and went rejoicing on their way. And they turned the world upside down, the Scripture says. They told everybody. They couldn't wait to tell. They told everybody that Jesus is alive. And He is. Yes, He is. Christianity begins where religion ends. 
at the tomb. Religion is, is dead. Religion isn't going to save you. Doing a bunch of good works isn't going to save you. Following a certain system isn't going to save you. You've got to be like all those folks in the Bible. That soldier that looked up after witnessing the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Surely, surely he was the Son of God. His life will never be the same. Surely he was the Son of God. I wonder, after seeing Jesus die, dismiss his spirit, and then when the reports went throughout Jerusalem and Judea and spread across the known world at that time, I wonder, those, those uh, Roman soldiers who had beaten, slapped Jesus, pulled out his beard, must have looked at their hands and thought, Oh my, what have I done? What have I done? My Bible says there's mercy for those Roman soldiers. There's mercy because, in fact, you and I were there spiritually at the cross. It's just as though we pounded the nails. Our sins put Him on the cross. It was the love of God that held Him to the cross. But you and I were responsible. He died for your sin. He died for my sin. And so, just like those Roman soldiers, they would find mercy, mercy that God would give them. It's not what we do. It's what He has done. It's what He has accomplished already. I want you to think about Pilate. I don't know what happened to him. There are various traditions. I don't know if he ever repented. I know he was trying to wash his hands clean. But I'm going to tell you something. Pilate and every other person here, that water, that water won't wash away any guilt. It's got to be the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son that cleanseth from all sin. That's what you need, Pilate. That's what you need. Everybody that had anything to do with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, those connected. I'm thinking about all of those. I'm thinking about Barabbas who was set free. And Barabbas could genuinely say, why, he was crucified in my place. But all of us were in Barabbas' place. Jesus was crucified in your place and mine as well. Simon of Cyrene who helped him bear his cross and bore that cross up Calvary's rugged way. Simon of Cyrene is no different than any of the rest of us. Jesus Christ in His life had taught that we must take up our cross daily and follow Him. Don't look for a comfortable one. Don't look for a convenient one. Pick up the cross that God gives you and bear it by the grace of God and live for Jesus Christ. We see ourselves in all of these. Think about, think about those who denied the Lord. Think about those that ran, those that fled, those who were cowards. Their life was transformed by the power of the resurrection. Think of the false witnesses that were hired to say things about Jesus so that they could put it down on paper in legalese that he was guilty so they could crucify him. I want you to think about all those who have ever failed to speak up for Jesus Christ and we are included in that but Jesus Christ can give us the power to be a witness to tell people that Jesus is alive. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there? Can you imagine what it would have been like to take the body of Jesus down off the cross like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, his friend, both secret believers previously, and bear that body. And then with a hundred pound weight, a hundred pound weight of spices. They didn't put bodies in caskets in those days. In those days, they would wind the body and make a sarcophagus of cloth. And inside they would put all of those spices because they didn't embalm. 
And so now a very heavy sarcophagus laid in a new tomb that's never been used. Joseph's tomb. Jesus didn't need his own tomb. Wasn't going to stay there. Three days, three nights later, there's an earthquake. Everything starts moving and the stone rolls away and Jesus comes out of the tomb. Can you imagine? I would like to have been there to snap a picture. Can you imagine those Roman soldiers? I mean, big burly guys. They look like they belong in WWF or something like that. And they're just scared to death and they run off because Jesus came out of the tomb and He's alive forevermore. He didn't come just to scare us. He came for a more important purpose. And that purpose is to save your soul and mine. To make us brand new from the inside out. There are many truths attached to the resurrection. Because He rose from the dead, we too shall rise. There's coming a moment when the trumpet will sound and the voice of the archangel will be heard and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we picture that with baptism as well. And then we who are alive and remain, we're going to be changed in an instant. All of the cells of your body, if you're a Christian, are going to be changed and glorified in that moment. And like Jesus Christ, we're not going to have any more pain. We're not going to have any more sorrow. No more sickness. We'll be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. But only if you know Jesus. Only if you've taken that free gift of eternal life. I carry around my hand in my pocket one of these pens. And I use it as an illustration. All right, Randolph, my dear brother, this is a gift. What do you have to do to make it your gift? Do it. Just take it. That's it, man. He took it. Right now, right now, listen to me. All you have to do is take the free gift. You say, I don't, I don't know all the theology. The thief on the cross next to Jesus just said, remember me. And Jesus said, you can come in. It's that simple. Acknowledge Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. Just take Jesus as your Savior. That's good enough for me, good enough for you, good enough for every person that'll ever make it in. You won't make it in with all of your works. That's too much baggage, too much stuff. You're only going to make it in because of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the door. He is the living water. There's no other way to God but Jesus Christ. Accept Him today. Receive Him today. Acknowledge Him today. If you've got problems, if you've got needs, bring Him to Jesus. King Jesus is in charge. He is the King of the universe and He is going to sit on the throne. You can pray. You can bring your problems to Him. He'll grant you grace and answers to prayer. I've never had a friend like Jesus. Jesus is the best friend you could ever have. He's going to take care of you. If you call upon Him, He'll come in your life. He'll change you from top to bottom. I mean inside and out. Would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody looking. And how many of you today would say, preacher, something in that message, something in the musicale, something in the service today spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Come on. Raise it up high. God bless you. Something spoke to my heart today. Amen. How many of you right now are thinking about family members, friends, co-workers, and neighbors that might not know Jesus, and you have a heartfelt burden right now? you got a burden for them. You want to see them in heaven. Come on, put your hand up. I want to see my family, friends, neighbors, co-workers in heaven. Amen. God bless you. Lord, would you grant it? Would you work through them? Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I don't know if you've ever received Christ as your Savior. I want to invite every person, children, 
I want to invite teenagers. I want to invite adults, senior citizens, whoever you are right now. Would you pray from your heart to God? A simple prayer. Let me help you right now. Would you do this? Pray from your heart silently. Dear God, just pray it. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I want you to come in my heart. I want you to come in my heart. And take away my sins. Take away my sins. And take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven when I die. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Now, I'm the only one observing. If you prayed that prayer just now and you meant it, I want you to raise your hand up as high as you can right now. Raise your hand up. God bless you and God bless you over here. That's it. I prayed that prayer. God bless you back there. I see your hand. I see you over here. God bless you. That's it. Now here's what we're going to do in just a moment. If you prayed to receive Jesus and you meant it, I want you to come from where you are when the music starts to play. I want you to come and say, I prayed that prayer. We'll have somebody show. Oh, but I was there 
within my heart His love arose There rose a lamp in Jerusalem He was the Son of the great I Am He proved to me my victory Well, he 